It's August 16th and the Miami Marlins remain tied for first place in the National League East. Surprisingly to some, that may come as a disappointment. After losing two of three to the division rival Atlanta Braves this weekend, the Marlins are now tied with the Braves for first place and have come completely back down to earth. What's going on, guys? It's Ethan Badowski here, and we're going to be talking about the Marlins and Atlanta Braves three-game series that just concluded today. It was a tough one for the Marlins. It might have been actually their worst series performance of the entire year. Um, we lost the offense completely the last two days, and despite some good pitching performances, the Marlins just weren't able to back up their pitchers uh, and get enough offense to um, to take it to the Braves and win a couple ball games and take control of first place as we move into the middle of August. Let's take a look now starting with game one. Um, we're going to look at game one individually and then we're going to group games two and three together because a lot of the problems in games in, in game two were the same problems that the Marlins had in game three. They were very similar games, um, both very frustrating losses for the Marlins. Um, the first game was really good, though. Uh, Pablo got the start, and he was fantastic, um, and he just keeps getting better. He, 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 he gets better every start. Every time on the hill, he looks improved, um, and he was really good again on Friday night. Pablo Lopez has tied his career high in strikeouts. And a new career high for Pablo Lopez. That is number eight in the back of the hitter's mind. And it goes right back to the changeup away. Uh, I mean, his command has been absolutely outstanding tonight. I mean, that's setting up a hitter right there. He went six innings. He did get knocked around a little bit. He gave up seven hits, but he was able to limit the damage. He only let up two runs. He didn't walk anybody. Um, and he had eight strikeouts as well. In fact, the only two runs that he let up came on a home run that came early in the game. The Marlins were able to answer that. The bullpen threw three scoreless innings. That was huge um, after the off day uh, in between the series with Toronto and um, the series with Atlanta. The Marlins were able to take advantage of the off day and the bullpen pitched three scoreless innings. That was the last off day that the Marlins will have for a long, long time into September. Uh, I hope they took advantage of it because it, it didn't help them the rest of the series, but the bullpen was good on Friday night. What else was good? The offense was really good that night, and the offense was really good in a way that we don't often see offenses performing nowadays, which is small ball. The Marlins only had two extra base hits in this game, and they didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark once. Um, the Marlins stole four bases in this game. That's something that we haven't seen a lot from the Marlins in past years is aggressiveness on the base paths because they haven't had anybody that can steal bases. But now they have VR. Magnor Sierra is getting some time. John Birdie can run the bases very well. And that's benefiting the Marlins a lot because right now they sit in fourth in the major leagues. Uh, coming into today, they were in fourth in the major leagues in stolen bases. I didn't do the math of the other teams, but the Marlins added another stolen base today from John birdie so they may have moved into third but they're definitely certainly right now a top five team at stealing bases and they've played a lot less games than everybody else because they missed an entire week of the season um, so certainly a new added factor to the Marlins offense that we haven't seen before the player of this game and the player that I think a lot of people have to kind of eat their words about, um, and I'm certainly one of them, is Magnor Sierra. You know, before the year, I kind of said that Mags had turned into a fourth outfielder, but he's looking like a guy that just affects the game. He just knows how to affect the game and, and make things happen. The 2-2. 
just missed. Runner goes. Throw to second. Close and not in time. Magnerius Sierra steals the base and is in scoring position with one out. Again for a club that doesn't hit a lot of homers, they've got a manufacture offense, and Sierra got in ahead of the tag and held the bag. And he's earned himself some more at-bats. I would like to see Mag start playing every day. Um, at least, you know, if you're going to platoon him against lefties, if you face two in a row like they did on Saturday and Sunday, at least play him for one of those games. Um, you know, I would have liked to see Mags on Saturday or Sunday. Um, but the only time we saw him in this series was on Friday, and he was a huge difference maker. Um, he went one for two with a walk, and he had two runs scored. But he was just doing little things. He was running the bases really well. You know, he got a double where he rounded first and kind of like dummied the guy to throw in the ball, you know, easily. And then he took off, and he's got great speed, so he made it to second. Um, he, he's really finding ways to affect the game, and he's a good little ball player, uh, and he's improved his approach a lot he's already taken more walks this year maybe even double the amount of walks he's taken this year than he took last year um, that's really huge because the the Marlins need a guy that's just going to get on base and and when he can get on base he can affect the game with his wheels so I love what I see from Mag Sierra so far I would like to see him more I I, I want to see Mattingly you know kind of break this platoon if guys are hitting the ball well and Mags has been hitting the ball well so that was good in Game 1. The Marlins played a ton of small ball. They beat the Braves 8-2. to uh, It was a really good game. The offense looked great. And it was a new type of offense that we haven't really seen from the Marlins. So that was really exciting. After that, it wasn't so great. Um, games 2 and 3, you can see here, I have just bad written. That's all I really had to say about um, Games 2 and 3. Um, but before we get to what was bad about it, there was some good in it. Um, the... The first thing was the starting pitching. The starting pitching was great. Um, Daniel Castano went six uh, pretty good innings, only allowed a run on four hits, and he only had two strikeouts, but he was working very efficiently. It was kind of like a Mark Burley-type game. Um, it, 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 the game went really quick um, when he was in it, and he was able to eat a bunch of innings. That's really important. You know, I talked about how um, the Marlins bullpen has been so overworked that it's good to eat innings, and you get six innings from Pablo on Friday. You get six innings from Castano on Saturday. That was really good. So he didn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he worked six good innings, and you know maybe you say he, he, he could have gotten the seventh. Um, anyway, uh, in game three, the next good thing was uh, today. Eliezer was good again. He threw five innings, um, allowed three hits, uh, he didn't allow any runs, he didn't walk anybody, and he struck out nine. That's not something you expect from Eliezer. He's not really a strikeout pitcher. He's more of a guy that's going to eat innings, and he did you know, get through five. But I would have liked to see him um, get more, and we'll get to that in a second because that's a huge talking point um, from today's ballgame. But Eliezer was good again, and he just keeps you know, having good clean outings every time he goes out there. Um, the next thing, Monte, he went deep finally. $40 million free agent deal. Monte with a drive, right center field, long run in Ciarte. Goodbye, home run. First for Monte Harrison, and it ties the game in the eighth. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Harrison? First. Big league home run ties up this ball game. 
He looks more comfortable at the plate now. He finally looks settled in. He's got to put the ball on the bat, the, the bat on the ball more. Um, he needs to put the ball in play more. But his 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 at bats are better. He's not you know swinging at every fastball, and he's still swinging through a lot of things. But he turned this one around, and it was a really nice piece of hitting. He drove it out to right center field. Pimp job did. He's got 80 grade swag. Uh, I'm going to start calling him 80 grade because of that. He looked really good. Um, it was a beautiful swing, and I hope that with these this improved approach that we're seeing from him, that more results will come. I would like to see him get more at bats. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see this platoon thing kind of stop for him. I think he should be playing. You know, if he's here, you got to let him just kind of work out the kinks. You got to get him more at bats. He shouldn't be getting only three at bats every game. I understand the point of having him ninth. It's kind of like another leadoff hitter to turn the lineup over. But I want to see him up in the lineup, getting more at bats, seeing better pitches. Um, so, but nonetheless, he went deep, and that was a highlight. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a great series for him otherwise in terms of having a bad day on, on Sunday. But, you know, if, if he hits home run, I'm happy. So it was a, a good series for him. Um, Brinson had two hits on Saturday. His at-bats continued to look better. He didn't have a great day on Sunday. Nobody in the Marlins lineup had a great day on Sunday. Um, but he was he looked good on Saturday. He roped a double into the corner. His approach, again, continues to improve. Um, and then Lewin Diaz, a guy that I've talked about, if you listen to the Earning Their Stripes podcast, a guy I've talked about at, at you know, no end. Um, he's the Marlins' first baseman of the future. The Marlins are absolutely obsessed with him, according to Craig Mish um, and a lot of other reporters. Um, but Mish specifically says the Marlins just absolutely rave about him. He got called up because Corey Dickerson was placed on the bereavement list. Um, we certainly send Corey and his family our well wishes. Um, but he was called up because of that, and he should only be here temporarily. But he took advantage in his first at-bat in the ninth inning and got on with a base hit. The Marlins were unable to you know, bring him in and tie the game, but it was a nice piece of hitting. He barreled up a pitch on the outside part of the plate, shot it the other way through the shift, um, and it was, it was good to see. He played again on Sunday. He didn't have a hit, but his at-bats looked pretty good. He looked really comfortable at the plate. All right, let's get to the bad because there's a lot to get to. It's pretty. I wrote here pretty much everything else um, was went went wrong for the Marlins. Uh, the first thing is the bullpen. It's finally catching up to the Marlins. This this whole situation that they've been in is finally catching up to them. Um, and I think you know you could have seen it coming. Um, on Saturday. It was a 1-1 ball game after Monte's home run. He tied it in the eighth, and you're saying, all right, you know, the Marlins got the momentum. That's a huge home run. Um, and then Brandon Kinsler, who's been really good for the Marlins this year, he's been their best reliever probably, led up a home run to Adam Duvall. That was the end of that. The Marlins couldn't get anything in the ninth. Um, today, Eliezer got the pull after five innings. I thought he got yanked early. I would have liked to see him go a little longer, you know, try and get through that sixth inning. Um, but... He, you know, he was pulled. I don't know if it was Mattingly's decision because he was ejected from the game, but nevertheless, he was pulled. Nick Vincent came in, let up a home run in the sixth inning. That was obviously not good. That got the Braves out to a one nothing lead. That's all they needed. But then it got worse in the seventh because it took the Marlins three pitcher. It took three pitchers for the Marlins to get out of the seventh inning. Uh, Mike Morin let up two hits, and then uh, he did get two outs though. Then Brian Moran came on, loaded the bases. Then he walked in a run, um, 
And, you know, the Marlins went to him to get the matchup, but I don't love that because Moran hasn't, you know, I, I don't want to single him out, but he hasn't shown, you know, that he's the best reliever. He's a journeyman. Um, but, you know, this is what the Marlins are working with right now, and it caught up to them. Um, he walked in a run, and then he gave up a two-run double to Nick Markakis, lefty on lefty. That was very not good. <laughs> Nothing else to really say about that. The Marlins finally did get out of the seventh, but the offense was unable to back them up, and they lost the game 4 nothing. Talk about the offense not being able to back them up. It was a theme for the entire series in games 2 and 3. Um, only eight hits in the two games, including a two-hit performance today on Sunday. Um, just not good. You know, you, you just not good. You can't score one run in two games and expect to win. I mean, obviously, because in one of those games, you scored zero, so there's no way you can win that. That was very Trent Dilfer of me. Um, but anyway, uh, eight hits in two games is just bad. It, it can't be happening. It's inexcusable, um, especially when Aguilar, Anderson, and VR have two of those hits combined. So those are the guys that you're looking for. Those were your, you know, two of your acquisitions and your cornerstone um, as things stand right now. And you're looking to them for offense, and they get two hits in two games combined between the three of them. That is really, really bad. Really bad. And not to mention that there was only one run to support two really good starting pitching performances. You know... Castano deserved a win. Um, he was great. Um, Eliezer deserved better than that, certainly. But the Marlins were only able to muster up one run, and it came from one swing by Monte Harrison. You know, that's not that's inexcusable. Um, so the Marlins' offense has to be better. You need more from those guys. You know, maybe maybe they were missing Dickerson in the in the lineup the last couple nights because he always gives you a good at bat. But there's no excuses. Um, you know. A lot of people are talking about the umpires. The umpires are not the reason that the Marlins offense was terrible. The Marlins offense was terrible. They're not the reason the bullpen was bad. The bullpen was bad. The Marlins have to be better if they're going to win ball games. They have to be better in both facets of the game of the both of those facets of the game because that's ultimately what these games came down to. It came down to the bullpen in the end, and the bullpen was able to come through, and the offense was unable to come through to help the bullpen sputtering. So that was that for the Marlins. They lose two of three to the Braves. And now where do they go from here? Well, there's some good news to report coming in the future. All 18 guys that tested positive for COVID-19 have been cleared to return to action. They are at the Jupiter site. They were at the Jupiter site today on the fields getting in some ABs and getting in some, um, you know, the the. Sandy threw a bullpen I saw. Um, he's going to throw a sim game sometime this week. And then he might be back towards the end of the week. Mish said, we don't really know. There's no timetable just yet. Um, <coughs> basically, what Mish said is keep an eye out for who travels to Washington. If they travel to Washington, then obviously we'll see them. If they don't, we won't see them until the Marlins return home um, on August the 28th, I believe. So next Friday. So certainly bright news that the Marlins, you know, they need those guys back. They certainly need the guys in the bullpen. They need the starting pitchers back. They need Caleb. They need Sandy um, because they, they got to get going. Um, and and, and this, this is not good enough what's going on right now. And they need their guys back. The offense needs Miggy Rowe, Cooper. You know, Harold. They 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 need their guys back. There, there's no other way to put it. Um, the Mets are coming to for, to town now for four games as we turn forward. Um, we see the Mets again for the second time this year. 
uh, for four games. The only pitching matchup that we know for certain is tomorrow night's game. It'll be Robert Gazelman against Jordan Yamamoto. Yam's looking to bounce back from two uh, rough starts so far. We don't know anything after that except that the Mets will throw David Peterson on Tuesday from the Marlins. We don't know anybody else. Um, and luckily for the Marlins, due to an injury, they may avoid Jacob deGrom. We hope deGrom is okay. Um, I certainly hope deGrom is okay for my fantasy team. But you never want to see you know a premier starting uh, pitcher in the league, a premier player in the league get hurt. So we hope he's okay. But the Marlins may not have to see him. Um and that is what we're looking at here. The Marlins look to bounce back against the New York Mets for a four-game series starting tomorrow night.